Sabrina Monarch, and this is a show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have eclectic and impactful conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. I am very excited to bring you a fresh interview just recorded earlier today in the wake of this full moon in Pisces with the wonderful Supersensory Shahir. We discuss synchronicity, spirit guides, and the radical quality of joy. And it is just possible that this episode may be a portal into a deeper relationship with spirit. I know I felt high at the end of this conversation and was distinctly seeing visions and images during this conversation that were very inspiring, uplifting, and enchanting to me. Shahir is a gifted channel and a very radiant being, which you already know or will soon find out. Having a felt awareness of spirit guides is an avenue into feeling more deeply supported, guided, and led in this life, like actually having a team. Um, a spirit team, as well as, you know, we have our in-person team, you know, our friends, the people in our community, the people that, you know, we go to for, you know, our esthetician or our tarot readers or um, our coaches, right? And then we have the the spirit team. Um, and I hope that this conversation is opening if this is a newer contemplation for you or a deepening and enlivening reminder if you're already deep into the process of engaging the unseen. I'm really so excited to be back with a new interview. I have been slower um, as far as interviews go, uh, mostly just because I'm, I'm setting up a new space and grounding into a new place from moving. Um, But yeah, I'm just really excited to be back and, um, I also, I released a text only version of the weekly astrology forecast for September 22 to 28, 2021, which you can read at monarchastrology.com. You won't find it here or on YouTube this week, but it's still out there in written version and I will be back soon. Another announcement, the next evolutionary astrology intensive is coming up in November. It'll start November 8th, 2021 and go through late February, 2022. And enrollment is currently open. We are diving deep into Pluto-based, soul-based astrology. This is an all-levels course that is an initiation into a more felt, personal relationship with astrology an initiation into the wisdom teachings of evolutionary astrology, an initiation into the mystical travels afforded to us through studying and communing with the transpersonal planets, Uranus, Neptune, and Pluto, you know, planets that archetypally represent the beyond. It's an initiation into deeper technical skills and the capacity to read charts from the perspective of the soul's evolution on a multi-lifetime journey. And most of all, it's an initiation into a deeper conversation with your soul and a community of other like-minded people doing the same. It's absolutely incredible to speak, to become fluent, um, to spend time practicing a language like evolutionary astrology that allows us to build a deeper rapport with our soul and with the archetypal threads that make up not just our personality, but our deep self below that personality. So you can learn more about this course, uh, read student testimonials and enroll via the link in the episode notes for the evolutionary astrology intensive. 
And now I will leave you to this sparkly conversation with Shahir. Shahir is a tarot reader, astrologer, spirit portal, a queer Muslim mystic who believes in divinity and love in everything, a love devotee. They primarily work with their clairsentience and claircognizant gifts in all their offerings. Enjoy. Welcome to Magic of the Spirit, Shahir. Hello. Hi, Sabrina. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited to be talking to you. I'm excited to weave together like another Mercury and Pisces mystical like mosaic here. Yes. Yes. How are you doing? I am. I am feeling very honored you know, um, to be invited to this podcast. And this is a topic that is very something that is very close to my heart as well. So I'm really excited for it. So I know that you live in a field of magic and synchronicity, and I'd love to know what's particularly alive for you right now and how you're doing uh, with this or like how you experience the full moon in Pisces that we just came out of. All right. Um, for me, the full moon was a lot about um, ancestral kind of like memory. Um, I had the most profound kind of dream with my ancestors where I felt them like so real. They were just chilling, like sitting on like on um, on a swing, actually. They were just sitting on a swing. And I, I that was like, I always dream of my ancestors from time to time. But like the recent one, something about it, I felt like they were there. Like I was there with them. Like the presence don't feel like it was a spirit presence, more like they're real or I am more like a spirit in the world. Kind of like, yeah, like a bridge has been crossed kind of feeling. So, so that was mine. How was yours? That is so beautiful. Um, I've been hearing a lot about ancestral healing with the current astrology. So I love that um, image of like you being more of the spirit in their mm-hmm. realm. Yeah, because sometimes when we think of like spirit visiting us, we feel like their presence in our like, you know, quote unquote world. But this one feels like I am the one transcending to the our world. They're like chilling wow. in hell heaven or some <laughs> world or something. Yeah. Um, I had a really good time this whole lunation cycle. Um, the full moon was conjunct my Mercury Venus um mm-hmm. by a degree. So I just felt like a lot of activity building up to the full moon and like a really amazing just experience with like community and friends and connection um, and a lot of movement, like a lot (laughs) came up and was processed, but it kind of uh, culminated in a really sweet way. So I enjoyed that. Yeah, that's beautiful. And how do you define and work with synchronicity? So for me, it's like synchronicity, um, you know, as a definition, I, I go back, like, you know, for, to Carl Jung kind of um, description, which is like to describe circumstance that appear meaningful, meaningfully related, yet like causal connection. Right. Um, and for me, it represents some sort of like a life pattern, like seeing angel numbers and even even yesterday I was seeing butterflies, right? And I like the monarch butterflies. And I was like, this is an indication of tomorrow, right? For me, um, synchronicity is like some sort of like signaling from the universe, um, trying to communicate with something. And um, 
us also responding back to it um, in an affirming kind of way. I think the most usual synchronicity people say would, would be like seeing angel numbers or see, hearing certain kind of words that are being talked around like in your peripheral or you had certain conversation with a friend and another friend said the same thing, you know, those are the kind of like synchronicity work um, mainly that I do. Um, yeah. I love that. Um, I want to, you know, back up a little bit too, just in terms of like introductions, kind of like what you, um, what you do, like how you, um, like what modalities you feel connected to and how you got on this path. Oh yeah. So I am, yeah, we we jumped right in. Um, I am a tarot reader, um, an astrologer, and I consider myself, um, a spirit portal these days as well. Um, I mainly, I work with my gifts as a clairsentient being. So I really feel into things whenever I do readings um, and also claircognizant. That's kind of like my primary uh, modality of working. Um, and I consider myself a Muslim mystic who believes in like divinity and love. Actually, I call, I call myself, I call myself a love devotee, um, mm. which is kind of like a word that pretty much sums up everything because I was I'm a mutable sign so it's like how what like what what is the word that can kind of like sums up everything and I I feel like a love devotee seems like seems very right at this moment what an amazing like through line for your work and just like getting to be in that like I think really identifying what you're devoted to and having that encompassing value is just it's like priestess energy like you know it's like knowing what temple you are serving and it like permeates your whole life so to be like devoted to love um is just so profound and that makes sense for you know something that I was reflecting on when thinking about you and thinking about this conversation was I was like you're such a bright being like you're like luminescent and uh I think that yeah you really embody that yeah thank you thank you i always you know i i'm also i have like sun and venus kind of like although venus is combust right but still it is still that sense of like love venus and i i also relate that to my own belief in like sufism as well where you know sufism always talks about this sense of like the divine this love it's like that sense of longing and it's primarily love um like they, they they equate like god as love in a way yeah. So have you always been spiritual like your whole life or was there like a moment that it? I have always been kind of interested in spirituality. I would say I, I've always been a person. I always grew up. I read a lot of self-help books growing up in a way like. Me too, me. actually. Me I hung out in the too. self-help book aisle in Barnes and Noble a lot. <laughs> I was like, I'm like 10. Why am I like researching like adult level communication skills? Yes, exactly. It was the same as I am like, because I was literally reading it from my sister's kind of books. And every time I go to their bookshelf, I I pick up all like the self-help sections. And I was young. I was already reading like speeches, very like Gemini Moon, I feel like speeches from like leaders or whatever. Um, and I was like, I think those kind of like really started out. And then um, I think when I started kind of like 
I think spirituality came to me at a very important moment for me to embrace my own like queer personhood as well um because i was kind of like really grew up in this environment thinking that you know my belief like islam reject my sexuality in a way and then i was like i don't think that's true you know i was like i think that is not a truth that is resonating with my body at that more point although you know we had to go through that moment where you almost like really reject yourself. It almost gives you like, Oh, you have to choose either or it's like you either become spiritual or you become your own sexuality or something like that. And I was kind of like really trying to find an alternative. And I, I think I found it. Um, and that's, that's really like the gate opener for me. Um, um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So how did you, how did you end up integrating like your spiritual gifts, um, your queerness, like with Islam? Yeah, for me, it's really coming back to like, first of all, I think Islam is such a peaceful kind of religion. I think that's really the basis of it. It's, I always talk about this whenever I give greetings to people too. I say, you know, peace be upon your revolutionary heart or something like that. Um, and I, I was coming back to the roots of it, really trying to understand like even the books and interpretations and all those things, that's all kind of like people made kind of interpretations. And when you trying to re-understand them in your own kind of like personal healing journey and you kind of opened up your your my life to kind of like this whole new names and I kind of like um I remember growing up I used to love the idea in Islam which is we had the 99 names of Allah um it's like a variation of a name so that we can call what is God right or what is divine um and I think Sufism really stressed on that and kind of like learning God or learning Allah through those names and embodying even um, one of it, which is something that came up during the full moon was Arahim, which is be at becoming like a receptor, um, becoming of this like a cup, you know, like we are like this divine the idea that you're a divine cup and you're just receiving, you know, receiving the love um, to, to be the space holder. And that is you know, that is what divinity is for me, you know, that is God, whatever people, cosmos, universe. So for me, like my languaging surrounding it is very important, I guess, um, because I really view this world as this kind of like this one thing. Um, and that's what I go by. Yeah. I love that divine cup. Like that feels very um, like cups in the tarot and just like the yeah. and um how ecstatic to receive the love of the divine and like have that receptivity internally for that and to actually mm -hmm. see it show up. Like, um, this is something I actually love about like having Mercury and Pisces as a placement was the idea mm -hmm. that like God is the source and any way that I receive abundance, love, you know, is an emanation from that source. So, um, when I started to first learn that idea, you know, if someone made me a meal, it was like, thank you, God, <laughs> like, you know, you just like moved through the situation. Um, and I feel like you have experiences like that too, of just like magical serendipitous, like things coming into alignment in magical ways. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, things are always just popping up. Um, 
when I was even suge- trying to suggest the topic of synchronicity, um, I was watch. I was telling you, I was watching the show like The Queen's Gambit, and then they were talking about this term. This psychological term was like apothenia. It's like finding really like it's almost a um, derogatory term. I think. Yeah, they were using it as an illness. Yeah, as an illness, and I was like, oh wow. But then it kind of like for me, it wasn't an illness at all. It's like it makes sense, you know. That that (laughs) Pisces were like, yeah, it makes sense. Um, And at at the same day, while I was preparing for it too, um, someone like literally a good friend, Sarah, she was asking me like, oh Shahir, like, what do you mean by synchronicity? Like, how do I how do I ask my spirit guides, um, etc.? And I was for for answers, and I was literally looking around and I was seeing like the color orange and I was like, I was like, Oh, there's a, the orange is a color. That's your answer. It's almost like an instantaneous answer um, around us at that moment. Just, I felt like when she was there with me, we were walking towards a cafe. Um, and then I was like, that's your answer. Um, if you can relate that to something, because I just felt like the need to kind of like tell her and kind of like guide her um, in that journey. And she felt like that was, that was an answer there too, you know? Like read the environment and like reanimate and re-enchant it. And like, yes. so speaking of spirit guides, um, you're amazing. Like I have gotten, you know, a reading from you that, you know, it was during a really interesting kind of challenging moment too. It was like eclipse season. Um, and it was just, it was your spirit guide reading and it was just so true and so touching. Um, and I think like, you know, some people are already deep in the world of spirit guides, you know, Mm -hmm. and then other people are like, what are that? Like, how do you connect? Um, and so maybe, to begin, like, I would love to hear how you began to become aware of spirit guides and feel their presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it really started from my entrance into spirituality. I was always into astrology at first, but I think it only become, quote unquote, like activated when I worked with tarot um i was starting out tarot to a purely psychological way you know with all those knowledge i have um very mind empowering you know trying to kind of like deconstruct the mind understand the mind etc um but then like a few months in i remembered i had a very deep like cathartic dream um i was like I was just on my bed <laughs> like i was just on my bed then suddenly there was this bird like almost like an angel, but like a God, like Godax kind of energy that was like beside my bed. And they were doing some sort of like a cosmic surgery on my heart or something. It was like my whole body. And even after that, like I woke up feeling like so tired, but also so rejuvenated in one form or the other. Um, And then immediately in my head, I knew it was Horace or something. Like I knew, like I remember that, that God, that, that kind of like spirit, presence um in the egyptian kind of like pantheon um but then at a point you know i was still kind of like you know being very super critical of things i'm like okay i I need to look into this still um but i I already trust that kind of like first intuition um and then i was pulling my cards and i got like high priestess and there was like another kind of like eight of wands card which had a bird feature on it um that that had a bird feature on it and i was like all right this is this is really it you know it was like this is spirit kind of like communicating with me in a very tangible form um and i remember in that dream too i felt like it was also like um 
like uh, when your your chart like your third eye is being opened as well um because i was in that dream itself i was like okay i i i, I wake up from like i i i stand up from my bed and i was looking outside and i and i saw from my house i just saw like people or like archetypes or like being surrounding my house and i was like i wasn't afraid i wasn't terrified of anything but you know when whenever you encounter something unknown it, it does feels a bit scary and that that scary is not like a fear scary kind of thing it's more like in awe but also like terrified like i've never encountered this before and i felt like those beings were actually kind of like other guides it's almost like they're, they're some sort of like they came to my dream as a ritual or something it felt like there was a coven you know like a coven of guides coming together um in that moment yeah that's amazing I love like this trajectory too where it's like you were in the psychological side of it like in the mind and then you know engaging the material um it seems like wholeheartedly even if from like a psychological lens and then it like worked on you like it seeped into a deeper level um and opened yes. up some kind of like hidden chamber within and like yes you got this initiation of like they're ready time to give them a heart surgery <laughs> i know yes exactly and i was um, and i remember that moment i felt the call to even like ask one of my friends who were also like a psychic tarot reader and then i remember she was telling me like literally like you don't need me to tell you these things and i and i was like i felt taken aback at first but then i was like i was understanding i was like yeah i need to really lean on this rather than like asking someone to confirm it for me right um and that that is usually how um I, w- I was always reminded of my practice as well. Um, and one of my, I was kind of like also really blessed because early on in my spiritual awakening, I would say after that, I, I really found teachers. Like right now I'm working with um, my friend, like Diana on her Patreon. I remember my earliest reading with her, she was always emphasizing on this idea that I need to lean on what's my, what my truth are like, sometimes new agey things can get very tax-based. You know, you read all these books, right? But but like what, what's a yes and what's a no sometimes too. But then how are you learning it from my own experience? How are you learning from your own kind of like truth, you know, the big T kind of truth? Um, and I, I, I'm forever grateful for, for her for, for really telling me those things because I was like, yeah, I was you know, such a Gemini side of me, like really trying to collect all this information. And I feel like the Satch side or like, you know, the non-mind mind own personal non is really about like, just experience it, right? Just, just, just um, find that yourself and embody it even. Yeah. Yeah. I love, you know, this connection with, because um, I relate to this too, just in terms of receiving readings is an important was an important part of my spiritual practice is like, especially when I was first opening to certain gifts, like just getting the reflection from psychics and like kind of Mm -hmm. being initiated in that way, you know, was really helpful. And then to kind of have that transition of like knowing that you can also look within that you don't have to, you know, ask. And so it's not outsourcing, but it's kind of like a communal, you know, being in the the connected chain of mystics and seers is kind of how I see getting readings at this point. Yeah, Um, that's true. That's true. Yeah. It's like 
reflecting back onto you kind of like that moment. Yeah. Yeah. And so what do you think spirit guides, like, how do you describe what they are? Ooh, yeah. Oh my God. That's question. How do I describe what they are? They are, I feel like you can, you know, in a traditional sense, you can codify them or, you know, see them as a different kind of like, they can be like gods, goddess, um, goddess, if they're like non-binary gods as well, no gender. Um, they could be angels, you know, angels are um, some, that's something you believe in. That could be spirit animals. I've seen, I've experienced people's spirit animal. It could be mm, like mythical kind of creatures like dragons, unicorns, some sort of other creatures to have like kind of like experience as well. Um, they could be elementals, sometimes like a very fiery element or um, earth or water. Um, so yeah, it's very diverse, I would say. And even, you know, sometimes people's spirit guy, like fairies, like the fae world, um, could, could, could come up as that as well. So based on my experience, it's almost like I'm always continually be like surprised and also ancestors. And then they like last, actually, that's like really one of my really important point, like ancestral guide is such an important thing. I mean, we begin the conversation with like my opening about ancestors too. And I think that is, um, one of those spirit guides, which I feel always show up for people whenever I do readings as well. Um, always some kind of like ancestral and sometimes ancestors, we don't limit them to kind of like just our own bloodline. Um, I believe in some sort of like past life ancestors as well, or some sort of like mystical kind of ancestors, you know, people who actually believe in the same thing that you believe in they are part of your ancestors, right? And that's why um, we, we, we honor the scholarship, the knowledge that kind of like being brought down in that way, because in a way we are embodying the same teachings. Yeah. Do you have any idea like why spirit guides help us or are interested in our journey and like what that says about the universe? Ooh, that's, that's, that's interesting. All right. Um, why they are helping us right um first of all i i feel like you know in some part i do believe some guides just exist in our world to help us with co-creation i feel um because you know this human self is for me i don't i don't view human as limited or but i feel like human is capable of doing something more than just that what is being seen and i think there's a power of co-creation there that the guides wants you to embody your truth and embody what what is meant for your journey um as well um and i think some guides come to us naturally i think it's some sort of like we sometimes see the similar kind of like stories of our lives. For example, I, I feel like, for example, my my dreaming kind of gifts um, has always been there with my mom and also like my grandparents, you know, it's almost a, a gift that has been passed down. So I do feel like guides are, are also being passed down through generations to, 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 to come to some sort of like um, conclude or even embody this kind of like new frontier of that, the, the story that's meant for the soul. Um, and some guides are there for like we call in them in a way, or maybe they they have always been in the background a bit, and then they wait for you to kind of like really calling in their energy. Um, for me, I remember vividly like 
like working with Venus, right? For me was definitely a guide that I, Aphrodite was really a guide that I called in, in a way, although I have always felt that energy. I remember like having, I had, I had a, um, astrology reading with Amaya, I think last year, like late last year. Um, and then Amaya was like, you should start working with Venus. And I felt like that was true. You know, that, 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 that felt very true. And I, I lean on to it. Um, and has been magical. So it's like, so for me, it's really the purpose of like creating the world in ways that are meant for you. Um, and that's why we're, they're, they're helping us. Yeah. So I feel like the world of spirit guides, as you're pointing out, is so abundant and diverse. Like there's so many different kinds. Um, and what do you think it is that blocks us off towards that kind of communication, like what kinds of ideas, worldviews, et cetera. And like what opens us to that world of spirit guide communication? Mm. What blocks us? <laughs> I think you do need to have some sort of like belief in the unseen as a basis, right? Um, and I think too that um, really about um trusting our intuition first and foremost. I feel like, I think that is a lot of people are just scared to kind of like say that as a truth, right? For example, like I saw butterflies today, like yesterday, and I was like, this is definitely about my session with Sabrina tomorrow. This is like spirits like flying around and telling me yes. But to, to arrive at that, I think, you know, our, um, our intuition sometimes they're always like the mind or trying to kind of like, oh no, that's just a coincidence. You know, that is just something that, so I think there is a need to kind of like decouple or deconstruct the idea of like coincidence. Like what I have is to say when yeah. you said something about like the butterflies and, you know, it's about tomorrow, I saw a blue light, which is one of my things. Yeah. And you said it's just a coincidence. I spontaneously heard this sound effect of like sound effect of wah, wah. Like, I just like felt the energy. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And usually it's usually when we, people get like, people come to me whenever they get like some sort of angel numbers or some, something like that. Right. And I, um, and sometimes they have dreams and all these beautiful things happening. And, um, and usually they, they, because they lean on to it and that's why they come to me for a reading. Right. So for me, it's always kind of like, be open to that sense of like there's something deeper here regardless of whatever people say you know um and that's how and for example you get a feather i remember like getting a feather one day and i don't usually get feathers feathers are quite special for me and i was like oh this is this is this is an indication for something too so so i think that you need to allow that openness to your um and it, you you should also be receptive of like spirits being quite physical with things as well, right? Like to give you some sort of like flowers or um, I remember I was just walking one day and I kind of just like saw this like flower um, and I felt like something about the color was giving me the message for, for what I was manifesting because I was also seeing it as a more like when we ask prayers to the universe or we ask a question we are already in a way um conversing it with the universe right we are already like give, putting the energies out there um and so we need to be on the lookout for the answers but not like in a hyper vigilant kind of way but more so that's like i am ready for the answers and then the answers might come to me in the next 
you know, three days or even a week, I think. Um, usually it's not that long for, for Spirit to really answer your question, um, at least in, from my own experience. And um, you will just, you, you will just witness it. And once you kind of like your mind really kind of like, okay, that's it. Um, so don't, don't try to go against that. Although, you know, sometimes your own doubts will kind of like come in and be like, uh, I don't want this answer or you want something else. And then that, that is where, you know, you're, 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 you're grappling with something else as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm capturing some kind of essence here with like humility because receiving Mm -hmm. messages from the universe, like it helps to be really grounded and to have a spiritual practice and to have faith in something bigger. Cause I think Mm -hmm. that part of like people can get freaked out or scared, like, you know, or go like create these really big conclusions that are a little bit extra, you know? And so like that sense of being able to, to see and to feel and to hear these messages and like not grip super tightly onto them, like have like a, yeah. An open palm, perhaps. Yeah, an open palm. Yeah, I resonate with that too. Because sometimes when you grip too tightly, then it becomes like this sort of attachment too, right? Um, For me, it's always like, yeah, being open. And then even talking back to it. I feel like when spirit is conversing with us, we can like, we're not like, we're not just receiving it. We can like direct it back. Like, all right, so what else is here, right? Um, It's kind of like, so what else is I'm being opened up to? kind of interesting when you the week before you suggested to invite me for for the podcast I was I woke up one day and I I heard someone say like podcast and I was like and that was a moment for me I was like okay um podcast am I the one who's supposed to be doing a podcast am I waiting for an invitation for a podcast should I be putting myself out there for a podcast it's almost like I have this some sort of like you know very humility kind of question it's almost like I'm open to this sense of like different possibilities what what, what does that podcast mean right um and I'm like all right I'll wait for it I'll, I'll tell like okay that the word is podcast but I don't need to immediately put into action you know sometimes when spirit talks to us we also feel the sense of like is there immediacy to it or is that like some sense of like um, our usual response to things? Because sometimes our human self responds to things like feeling that we always have to be, you know, on the go. When in fact, like spirits always like they know their time, right? So I remember when I got the podcast, I was like, oh, okay. I, I heard someone said it in my room, which for me was amazing because I'm not usually a clairaudient kind of person. I usually get like in my head and very kind of like feeling based but then this one really I heard like a whisper um like a whispering of a podcast That's so um, cool. <laughs> yeah and then and it wasn't just um um that moment and then another person my friend um Nikki was like mentioning something about it as well um just on like a, in a very passing kind of way and then the the, the week after that I saw your your invite <laughs> I love that. It's interesting because you sharing that I was even just getting like a spontaneous image of like standing at the shore um, and hearing like the wind bring in something. And so like there's Mm -hmm. something coming from afar, but you catch it in the wind first. Yeah. And that kind of reminds me with like, so the experience of giving readings, like when someone Mm -hmm. books with you, um, Mm Like, and you're receiving messages in your Mm -hmm. world before the client appears. Like, how do you, 
how do you kind of contextualize or explain, or like, how do you theorize what's happening in this process where like someone makes the commitment to work with you and then suddenly your field opens up or like, where's the timeline? Like, when does it begin? Yeah. Yeah. It really depends for me. Um, it kind of like reminded me of like, horary astrology too in a way right the minute someone book a reading and then that timing that asks a question and I feel like whenever people book a reading I feel it's some sort of like a the image that coming to my mind is like you know like a key you know like a a key which is like such a magical thing like a talismanic key and they open something right they open the box already and they're they're already kind of like all right, I'm open to something here. So actually, whenever people book, unless they book like very early on, but whenever people start booking, especially the day before that, 12 hours minimum for me, um, I'm already kind of like try to tune in into what the energy that will bring as well. So sometimes I receive colors. Sometimes I realize myself as well, behaving a bit differently, but you know, I, I know my own boundaries as well in the sense of like, I know, okay, this is for my reading tomorrow or um, some sort of like, sometimes I go on suddenly I felt the need to kind of like Google something. I kind of like see certain words. Um, but yeah, it's like, it, so usually for me, it usually a day minimum, like a day before that, the reading is always like the door has been open. I allow their, their, their guides to kind of like speak to me, whoever is important. Um, whichever guides wants to come through and you know they'll they'll come signals and then during the reading itself usually will it will come up um there was a time i remember like i was just feeling like i was like craving for some sort of like fruit or something and i was talking to my client and they were like okay yeah that's the fruit that my ancestor really loved you know it's like so, and then I told them, all right, no wonder um, that means, you know, you could work with that ancestors through this fruit, right? Because ancestral work is always about like remembering what they loved as well in one form or the other um, and kind of like giving that and receiving again. So, 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 so those are kind of like what I do before reading and it kind of just like it, whenever people book, it already opens the channel. And for me, it's like, I know my psychic channel even to kind of like allow the the, the um, receptivity of it. Um, yeah. It sounds like it's a pleasant experience for you. And I feel like that's really like a beautiful reflection of kind of like your rootedness in love. Cause it mm-hmm. sounds like there's a wonder, like there's something fun about it. Like you're receiving messages, but it, the way you're describing it, it doesn't feel like it's unpleasant or too much or overwhelming. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I am also inherently quite like I, when I, before I came into spirituality, I do feel I'm very like psychically guarded. And I felt like that was also part of the reason why. And I, I always believe in the sense of like love too. And it's like, of like, like spirits wanting to communicate and sometimes those are the desire right and whenever they come through it's always coming in a very soft kind of landing kind of way um and really like creating that space holding right so that everything is almost welcome um and nothing yeah. is left behind yeah i think that's very important for me yeah i really i connect and relate with that with like having messages like when i have a reading usually the thing that the person's talking about or that comes up in the reading has already been on my mind or in my field like the week before. And it's usually very 
I feel connected to the fabric of the universe and it's kind of like an ecstatic experience. And there's also even some, there's enough distance, like the themes may be in my field and I'm, I feel like I'm only experiencing them personally if it's true for me personally. And if it's not mine to experience, it's on my periphery and I'm like aware of it, but I'm not like, you know, burdened by it or something. Yeah, exactly. I felt that way too. It's almost like for me, it's very spatial too. Like um, I remember doing readings. I almost like trying to grab something, you know, I'm very like a spatial kind of person. So it's always like I'm trying to like bring that energy closer too. So it's always, yeah, the idea of like it being in the periphery feels very true to me as well. Cause it's like, it's not really mine. Like it's not like in here in the body. It's like, it's there. And it's almost like I can reach out to it and like, all right, let's look into this. And look. it's almost like opening up a book from a bookshelf. It's almost like you're right. like a library, right? Right. Um, and all and, the information around there. And likewise, you know, sometimes it is mine. Sometimes it's stuff that's shaking me to my core, but I'm like, it is mm-hmm. also mine. And so there's a resonance mm-hmm. or there's a synchronicity that like I'm processing something really intense and the person, yeah. you know, people come to my field too. So it's like, it kind of just works out, but I feel like what we're sharing here, I think points to some like possibility around like how being spiritually open and like connected to a field is like, can be a beautiful thing. It's not just that you're like open and vulnerable to like anything coming in. Yes. Yeah, that's true. And and yeah, for me, a lot of my tarot readings, a lot of it are some, some clients would be like, oh yeah, I was also processing this last week or something. It's always like, oh yeah, I knew this feeling. It's almost like I just experienced something similar, but then you don't want to be inserting your narratives too much, but it's like, but you're almost like, that's a gift, right? It's almost like the universe is giving you some sort of like experience already so that you could right. make that client better in a way. You can really be the space holder and become like, you know, empathic and compassionate towards your situation. Right. Yeah. I totally connect with like, you know, not wanting to insert the personal narrative too much. Like I think mm-hmm. that's a balance that readers work with. And then, you know, I think it comes back to the cup that you were talking about where it's like, to hold space, we like, we gain experiences that give us that capacity or that empathy. So, you know, like one who wants to read is like, I think there's some maybe reality there that the universe will prepare us. And the more open we are to that experience of transformation, the more the universe would send us clients and like, you know, allow that chain to exist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, agree 100%. <laughs> so when you are contacting or like experiencing guides in client sessions, what does that feel like? So I use the cards as my main, um, I use the cards for some sort of like language evocation or some sort of like, for it to kind of like jumpstart something usually. Um and from and then usually I use my tarot or my oracle decks. It depends. I use I use them some sort of pairing, some sort. Um, and so I would invite them in. Um, sometimes I get a number too for for some folks. I would get like the number of guides they have, right? But for me, it's like okay, it doesn't matter how many you have or how little. It's not a competition. It's more so that's like which are the ones which wants to communicate with this client at this particular time. And usually, you know, in the 40 minutes kind of session or depends on some people book for an hour, you know, about like five to eight, 
think that would be the range um, of guides coming through. Um, even 10, I've had about space for 10 before. Um, and it's really like, when I look at the cars and I kind of just like, okay, there's a story. Um, I'll get certain stories. Um, I usually kind of like really rub the cars to like see the colors and really usually I'll, I'll some sort of like, my mind goes into this process of even some sort of like interrogation a bit with the guides as well. So as I'm like, it's almost like a channeling too, because I will tell this story to them. But at the same time, my mind is doing this multitasking thing where trying to confirm certain things as well. Um, because sometimes when you get um, like a particular goddess or some sort, sometimes you could, I could identify them if I, it's within um, their permission to really reveal. But sometimes it can also just be um, an energetic thing. You know, um, a lot of ancestors, whenever they come into session, it's always like, all right, there's a story here um, that they want you to remember. And perhaps you're even carrying in this life. And usually ancestors are always about stories. Um, and then guys are, there's always some people get some sort of like, you know, very strong kind of like powerful guides as um, their angels or something like that, that can become some sort of like their medium or the, the, the one that you should pray for or work closely with. Um, and sometimes, sometimes it's, it's a very like magical session for me, to be honest, like till this day, I continuously like always so blown away by people's guide. And I feel like it's such a beautiful thing because, you know, sometimes you, I, I, I don't have those guides, right? For example, like, um, I remember, um, there was a person who had like this, some sort of like a Pegasus kind of like energy. And I was like, this is a Pegasus energy. I've never encountered it, but like, that's the way it was presented to me in my mind's eye. And I was just, I was feeling very blessed. I don't know why. I was just like, I've like, this is a guy I've never worked with, but you know, they are presenting themselves because they trust me to, to, to really deliver some kind of message. Right. Um, and I was always just like, like in that, that point on humility as well, I was kind of like always blown away how like simple people live their lives and how powerful their guides are. I'm like, <laughs> I, I know certain people, I tell them you have this very powerful guy and they want you to know that, you know, some people need um, in their life in some sort of like support in terms of like feeling very empowered in that way. Right. Um, and it's usually just regular people, like, you know, we're just human beings and, um, and, but then they have of such a, this vastness of energy or even sometimes untapped, right. Of energy that is supporting their life and, there's a reason why it's there. And for me to really just become that communicator, um, I, I, I always tell clients that like, I'm just showing you there's a bridge, right? I'm introducing you to this bridge and to the other person on the other side, but whatever you want to do with it moving forward, it's really yours. And also know that you don't need me, right? It's like, you don't need me as a channel. I want you to go there directly. Um, but then I am here as an assistant or if you ever um, need one. So, yeah, that's so beautiful. I'm like smiling, like into my heart, just hearing all of that. Wow. <laughs> um, so you have this, like, as I was like kind of pointing to earlier, like this very radically joyful energy and presence. And we haven't even talked about dance, but anyone who knows your <laughs> online presence, like you're an amazing dancer. Um, and like the energy that you express when you're dancing is like 
contagious. Like there's this, uh, just love and enthusiasm and fire that really comes through. Um, and I'm just wondering like if you, you know, what kind of informs this energy that you have this like fire. Um, and if, if there's anything that you do kind of intentionally around cultivating it, um, too. Yeah. I was, kind of like sitting with that as well. I, 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 I could answer it true. Um, I feel like I, I just really, I think part of it is because I, I really want to kind of like embody kind of like a very meaningful encounters these days as well. Um, and I do feel some sort of like energy is something that I could almost tap into quite easily. You know, it's almost like a fire sign privilege or something. I would like to think of that. Um, but although not all fire signs, right, obviously, but, you know, being an Aries sun, sometimes like a, like a fire rising too, I feel there's some sort of like, I remember like growing up being fascinated with the, the element of fire, like just jumpstart into things. And I, I, I really resonate with that sense of like, Aries energy to like really just going for something. Right. And I feel like it has just been kind of like whenever I think moments where I cultivate that and kind of like really using that energy for, for joy or for a sense of wonder or for, for, for anything in a very intentional kind of way is how I, I, I find value in it. Um, of course, you know, I've had moments too where I had to learn not to just scatter those fire, right? Um, because it takes for me, it, it I don't feel I was I feel like I'm just being, right? Um, but then I've I've only only realized it recently how 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 sacred that fire is and how it is really a gift. Um I've never, I've never like before I went into spirituality, I never thought of my energy as a gift. You know, I've always just like I thought oh, everyone has this, you know, you're always like operating in this lens of thinking where everyone has access to it. Um, and then now I realize that, yeah, like I do some sort of like, it's almost a realization of my own gifts and it's not like to be pride about it, but really about like honoring it in the ways that are very true to me. And I always remember, um, someone told me once, I think it's, it's Diana. Oh my God. Like I always love mentioning her working with her very closely. Um, so like a fire is a gift from the divine for me first before it forced for everyone else. And I feel like that was such an illumination because I always feel like, um, you know, satirizing with Jupiter, I have Jupiter and Libra, right? Like always wanting to share um, as well. And I kind of like remember that like, yeah, I am, I really want to share that energy with the world somehow. Um, and that's also partly why I did like my spirit guide readings too, is always about like, I want to share the sense of like pathway of being that I feel like is possible to whoever is open to it. I've been thinking a lot lately around the like freedom around mm -hmm. certain feeling states, because like if we're, if we're only focusing on what already exists or like the problems that already exist, there can be like a heaviness or a density to that. And to feel joy, like to tap into that frequency without having to be given a, a concrete reason of permissioning, like mm -hmm. you're not happy because of some circumstance, you're just happy because you're tuned in and you're like lit on life, yes. you know, yes, that, exactly. that actually becomes a, a portal to 
be like creative here and to like bring that energy down to earth and influence events on earth, like with that magic and enchantment. Yeah. Oh my God. When you're saying these things, it's like the, the word joy, like it reminded me of that Maya Angelou kind of poem, which was very important for me. Um, forgot it, but like, you know, people should look that up. The one of her like very final poems too. Um, that joy that felt very radical in a way, like joy is a radical thing for you to re- really like sometimes in an environment where you like your joy is being oppressed, right? It's like, okay, this environment is not for you to like be happy about or et cetera. But then the fact that you can like, actually that is something accessible, you know, it's almost like a mind shift and you're like, it's a very radical thing to be doing. And you were talking about like freedom. And I felt like, yeah, like joy is a radical thing to be doing um, at times in, in, in certain like, you know, phases in our life too. Um, right. And that connection to the unseen that you were bringing in and the spirit guides and how there's like all of these beings that are like here to help us or like mm-hmm. happy to help us. They, I wouldn't say that they're only here to help us. I'm sure they yeah. have lives outside. <laughs> yeah. But like that sense of like, um, there is this kind of untapped secret hidden abundance and that, um, I feel joy is a similar channel where it's like, you're tapping into a frequency that exists in the cosmos somewhere and like channeling it and bringing it down to earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it's a lot of like example, like even spirit wants us to be happy too. Right. I, I think a lot about ancestral work, um, recently, that like our ancestors really want is like they've they've gone through a lot of sufferings, right? I always like I always feel into this kind of like stories of like ancestors where they've gone through a lot, right? And I feel like what the gift like you know I've always kind of like talked about this like your ancestors almost prayed the life that you have today, and so you could even expand that even more for even future generation, right? It's almost like I want my life to be like a prayer so that the future generation could even benefit more from it, right? They, they, could, wow. they can move further um, from what that was given. So I always believe in that and kind of just like allowing that snowball effect um, from, from, from our all like collective ancestors. It's yeah. so beautiful. Do you have any... Um, like intuitive or practical advice on how people can expand in this way, either spiritually or for their capacity for joy. Mm-hmm. Capacity for joy. I think um, it's like it, intention setting is something I feel is super important these days. Um, and I think that has really helped me as well. Um, and sometimes you know, sometimes that intention is actually to be in awe or to be surprised um, and to trust. I feel like those are kind of like the, the key things and being gratitude as well. It's like, you know, you, you set the intention and then you really open yourself up to it and then you just see what comes in and how can you be grateful for however small or however big, you know, of course, if it's bigger than you have to supposed to be like that receptive cup should be even... Um, even bigger but yeah I feel like living with a sense of in, like intention 
really opens up that feel of like magic into your life um, to be embodied and that joy and that kind of like that you know sometimes you have that grin sometimes you know there are always certain things I, I'm a Gemini when I love to share on social media kind of like certain spirit messages but I don't share everything right there are certain things I'll be like oh my god this is this is a nice feeling um, and you just ride on that wave and um, even be open to something more I think um, sometimes we're a bit scared um, of accepting something more um, um, and, and that's something we're working through and being conscious of like okay why why am I resisting this um, as well um, really noticing my outward resistance um, to that joy as well like why am I so scared of like accessing these things um, do I don't feel worthy of it or um, etc so so really trying to like go into that field with openness and understanding ourselves ultimately I think yeah. Mm, I love that. Yeah. It's interesting, like expansion growth. I think there's just different valences. Like we can go do like shadow work and excavate mm-hmm. and get all intense, which I love that stuff too. But it's like, there's also peak experience and joy, which gives a lot of energy. But ultimately, yeah. like if we go towards that joy, it's also going to show us the places that we're scared. And yeah. So like, it's just kind of like giving fire or giving light and it's going to create transformation. Yeah. So I think even being open to like, cause I definitely have had that experience with my own kind of building capacity for joy that it it's challenging my homeostasis that wants mm-hmm. to be depressed or, you know, not joyful. Yeah. Um, so like, the, the the guy that comes into my mind somehow while you're talking about it, like because of shadow work, it reminds me of that, like, a phoenix right like a phoenix like having to like be reborn again it's always like that process i feel like these days i feel like i'm always like like did i just die <laughs> um, or something like that right it comes so, some sort of like being very intimate um with the concept of death and rebirth too i think that's super important because that that's almost like the cycle that you're talking about right it's like that cycle of like the peak and the thra and all those like in-betweens and i feel like the more we're attuned to that part of ourselves, the more we could go far with it um as well yeah mm. like the phoenix energy is like so like while you're talking about it, we're just like feeling the spiral of it yeah wow. I'm seeing it now too. <laughs> I love this. Um, so how can people connect with you, find you, work with you? Will you tell us about your offerings? All right. Yes. Um, I am on um, Instagram, mainly that's where I am at. Um, Supra Sensory Shahir. I'm pretty sure you're going to put like um, the link or somewhere. Um, I I have an offering which is called like Vibes, which is Spirit Guide, where this is where a lot of the magic that we've talked about through this session to some part of it, where I hold space for, for folks. Um, and I um, that is where what my primary work when it comes to Spirit Guides. Um, I also do tarot readings. Tarot is also like my first love, I would say, into the spirit world. Um, that That is how I came to be. So I hold space for... Um, a lot of love readings recently too and a lot of grief kind of readings as well I've been getting a lot of those and it's for me tarot is such an oracular moment kind of thing and I love when I'm answering people through the cards Um, and I'm also an astrologer I read birth charts as well for more beginners have like sun moon rising kind of like life purpose offering and then I also have a like a full birth chart um, readings as well um 
and yeah um but i'm also planning to do some sort of like a mixture magic um that's in the works <laughs> so there'll be a session where i try i'm trying to really incorporate all those different fields and modalities together um into a reading as well i am in the process of figuring that out oh that's exciting well, um, everyone who's tuning in, go follow Shahir on Instagram. I highly recommend getting a reading too. Like it's just, it lit me up and I've been seeing like Twitter light up with people also talking about getting readings from you. Um, and yeah, I mean, already feeling kind of just the magic of this space. And so like imagining that like personalized and like uh, mm-hmm. just connecting with your own guides like what an amazing offering um i'm so glad that you're doing that thank you and thank you for for having me here and you know talking about this thing was something very close to our hearts right yes such a magical feeling oh i'm feeling a little bit high right now <laughs> i know it's like it's like it's going up there <laughs> Thank yeah, I'm very pleasant. Is I can feel like it's almost like the air, right? It's almost like wow, like we're being elevated somewhere. Oh yeah, <laughs> I feel my cup expanding. <laughs> Thank you so much, Shahir. I really appreciate um, you taking the time to join me on the show. All right. Thank you. find Shahir on Instagram at Supra Sensory Shahir S-U-P-R-A Sensory S-H-A-H-I-R and on Twitter at Supra Sensory S just the letter S you can find me on Instagram as well at Sabrina Monarch And if you've been enjoying this podcast and you have something to say about it, I would love to read your review on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. If you take a screenshot of your review before you click submit and email it to me at sabrina at monarchastrology.com, I'll send you a free gift, a resource library about creating and elevating your reality. It contains several hours of content about the intersection between astrology and manifestation, especially leaning into the Leo and Aquarius archetypes. It includes one of my favorite talks I've ever given called Leo and the Evolution of Alternate Realities, or I think it's play in the evolution of alternate realities, but it's about Leo. So, you know, review the podcast, send me a screenshot of it, and I'll send you that gift. Anyway, thank you for listening. I hope that you have a beautiful and enchanted week.